Hey, if you want to have as much fun whacking the ball around as the Colorado Rockies have finally figured out a way to do, and you're not really sure you're going to get out there on the baseball diamond anytime soon, the next closest thing you're going to get is from our friends over at WGT Golf. It is really fun. It is really free, and you can get it on your phone, on your computer. You can play closest to the hole or full stroke, play at world-famous golf courses, including St. Andrews and Beth Page Black. You can challenge any of us here on the DNVR staff at any time, talk a little bit of trash, join us on weekly weekend tournaments. Join now the third DNVR Country Club. That's how much fun this game, that's how popular it has been. So again, you got to make sure to head over to dnvrgolf.com and pick up your totally free copy of WGT Golf today. And go in the air, deep right center go. field. Two run, home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go. Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives his high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 and you will get 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And I had to make up a word to start off today's podcast we have got to discuss somehow some way i cannot believe it a nine to six win for your colorado rockies over the san francisco giants after getting absolutely embarrassed in game one of the set looking like they were going to get positively embarrassed in game two of the set patrick they were down six to one Starter Kyle Freeland pitched only two innings, just did not have it from the get-go. The offense early on looked listless and lost at the plate. It looked like same story, different day. The team's going to spiral out of control. They're falling out of postseason contention with no end to this madness in sight. And then something happened. It just turned around they remembered they can hit a little bit. They, yeah, I'm with you, Sonder. Like, <laughs> I, it's my job to figure this team out. And days like this, and, and I don't know those of you who followed my very dramatic day on Twitter that began with me basically calling them out and saying, look, this is unacceptable. This is beyond not being constructed well, not doing the right things at the deadline. Not, you don't lose, lose 23 to 5 because, you know, that's that that's gut check time. Like we talked about yesterday, Patrick, that's that's you got to check what's in here. And down 6-1 today, you know, I, I, I said yesterday to you, the Rockies got to find their power animal. You said to me and to our audience here, that power animal has got to be Las Cucarachas, who will not die, and today that's what they did. They refused to die. I was calling out their fight, 
and they showed tremendous fight to come away with a win in this game. You started by saying, where did it start? And it started with a simple 3-1 single on a changeup to center field by Josh Fuentes. Got the ball rolling there. He unfortunately tagged out at second base on a force out, but that gave their Rockies their first home run since Garrett Hampson's solo shot. That got the ball rolling there in the fifth, two more in the sixth, and we'll get to all of those kind of moments, but they just kept battling. They, They just did not give up, and they got it from those guys in the bottom of the lineup. And I'm going to include Kevin Pillar in there because while, you know, he did start uh, his first game with the Rockies on Tuesday night, batting second, we saw him in the lineup on Wednesday, batting fifth. They're not going to need to rely upon him quite as much as mm-hmm. a guy like Matt Kemp, who's that vital in the lineup. They're 12 and eight when he's in the starting lineup. Kevin Pillar is not going to be that impactful with the bat, but you got those performances from those guys when you needed it. And, Again, you just have to keep grinding away and not give away at bats. And even if even if they weren't going to win this game, you had to have something to build upon going into the Dodgers series. And they got that and then some. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they really – this was a huge, huge mental lift for their team. There's, there's no other way to sell this as anything but because it would have been the opposite had it gone – the other way. And, and I do want to draw attention to Kevin Pillar, uh, you know, who I do think had one of the biggest hits of the Rockies season there as a part of that rally in the seventh, <clears throat> obviously, you know, you got to expect you're, you're down one run there with the tying run at third potential go ahead, run at second. And how many times have we seen the Rockies come out of that situation with no runs or with, just the one and they tie it up and then they give it back when they really should have had, you know, they, they almost never come out of that with the ideal or, or a more than ideal situation. And what Kevin Pillar did by ripping a triple into the gap there, scoring both runs to give the Rockies the lead and putting himself in a spot to be able to score a run, you know, so Hilliard ends up hitting the home run but you have to pitch a guy differently with somebody on third. You've got to bring your defense in. You're being much more careful because even just a a little bit of a fly ball gets you in trouble. And so because of that, Sam can take a certain amount of a a certain approach that at bat from Kevin Pillar um, and also made a great catch today. Game two was a Colorado Rocky doing what he is on this team to do, making a bit of an impact here. Really good game from Kevin Pillar. It was all about Kevin Pillar in the seventh because that that was when he made that defensive grab out in center right. field off of Evan Longoria there, a ball that would have scored a run most assuredly, would have made this score seven to four at that point, take a little win out of the Rockies sales. Also helped out his new teammate, Michael Givens. That fly right. ball actually traveled 418 feet and had an expected batting, expected batting average of 630, which means it typically lands for a hit more times than not. And again, kind of ironic, it goes the Rockies' way a little bit because last night, that ball that Alex Dickerson hit that nearly went out, um, according to StatCast, it would have gone out in 29 other fields. So, hey. Isn't that hilarious? Love it or hate it, course field taketh, giveth away, all yep. those things. All but tonight, Kevin, or today, Kevin Pillar was able to kind of reel that back and immediately spun it around with that two-run triple 
and really got the mojo back in the Rockies' corner. Since we're there in the inning, before we start talking about the other offensive things and the other thing that happened there, just Michael Givens, I thought, looked really good. Obviously, plunked the first guy he faced on the second pitch that he threw. That one just got away from him. The first pitch he threw was probably perfect. It was a nice 95-mile-an-hour fastball on the black inside, right on right. But I think that arm slot's really going to work for him at Coors Field. The added deception, he seemed to have his command about him that uh, long drive from Longoria was the only hard hit ball uh, that he gave up. And so a nice debut also for him in a Rockies unit. And you know what? I'll go ahead and give the guy a little extra credit. Maybe he went back, watched a couple highlights, maybe even listened to the DNVR Rockies podcast and said, oh yeah, Mauricio Dobon, you want to go ahead and make some faces when you hit a big home run? That game a couple weeks ago, Daniel Murphy goes and hits one, stares out in center field, lets, lets Dubon know like, Sorry, guy, but the Rockies, we're, we're going to win this game. So let's go ahead and give Givens the credit and say, you know what, he did his homework and he said, you know what, Dubon, now it's time to pay the piper. I'm, I'm going to give you one. I'm going to give you one, yeah. Now, Kenneth, I'm going to need to send this comment directly to at Co. Can you find his, find his information? Because they do have that 16-bit Nathan McKinnon NHL 92 shirt. And I've been asking for a video game shirt for a couple of years. So make sure you hit up the people who are responsible for those decisions. And it, I think absolutely a 16-bit Ken Griffey baseball, like Nolan Arenado-style T-shirt, uh, especially – if he is going to come out of his funk, another guy I was calling out, both in article form and on Twitter, last couple of days, he had an opportunity early in this game with runners on, you know, after Kyle Freeland goes out and just has this nightmare of an inning again, and the Rockies are down early, but then first couple of guys get aboard, and he's swinging early and rolls one over to shortstop. He'd been batting 156 with runners in scoring position at that point, just an ugly at bat and again part of why i was just wondering when, when is the team going to come out of it now i will say his contribution there in the seventh uh, is a little bit of an interesting one because he hit that ball really hard to right field but it probably should have been caught by mike Ustremski. he misplayed that a little bit and yeah he's eaten up by the pace of it you can say you know it ate him up a little bit but that was that was a big break that the rockies caught right there too and still i don't i don't think we've seen Nolan Arenado come out of this thing and show you a game or, or or certainly a series other than maybe in Arizona where you're going, okay, he, he's going to start doing some stuff here. And so I, I don't know what to do. You know, Patrick, we had talked about maybe moving him down in the order. And I, you know, I think if it was me right now, I'd be running out. I'd be going Tapia, Hampson, Story, Blackman, and then Nolan Arenado fifth right now. I, that's, I think that's the only thing you can do. Uh, because he's he's just not in a good place at the plate. Like we said, even his, his big contribution in this game is probably an out if the right fielder just plays it correctly. Yeah, I think I think it you know takes him out of a lot of high leverage situations. But right now, when you think about guys you want to see up at the plate in a big spot, I don't think you're you're putting Nolan Arenado at the top of that list like you would every other year. The king of clutch. There is no higher. And right now. Uh, he's not that guy. And there's, I don't, I don't know if there is a guy right now that you would want up in that spot for the Rockies, which I think is somewhat of a good thing, right? Because they're getting it from all contributors, contributors up and down the lineup. I sort of almost tend to think Tapia is a guy right now that I would want up in a big spot. Not think, I, I, he, might not, he might not contribute with a double, but hey, he's going to keep the rally going to the next guy, draw a walk. 
he's been very, you know, responsible in that way. Well, take a look. Yeah. Before you move on from that point uh, at what he did in the inning before, and you talked about it, it wasn't just the five runs in the seventh. Josh Fuentes actually got it going there um, in, in the inning before, but Rymal Tapia had an opportunity and almost did give the Rockies the lead earlier in the game, two outs, couple of runners on, then they got moved up after a balk. He put together a nice at bat like he's been doing, and he had a hard line drive into the opposite field gap doing exactly what you're supposed to do with the pitch he got. He almost just hit it too far. If, if that's a little looping liner right in front of those guys, it's a two RBI single and a huge hit. And we're talking about Tapia as one of the heroes of the game as the guy who maybe swung it back in their favor. But he, like you're saying, even when he doesn't come through with the hit, and it's sort of the opposite of Arenado right now. And you're like, yeah, sometimes even his successes don't feel great. Right now, Tapia, even his failures feel good. He's seeing seven or eight pitches before finally, you know, hitting it hard back up the middle. And then they they get him by a step at first. And you're going, all right, well, fair enough. That's that's the spot he's in right now. Garrett Hampson is in a very similar spot at the plate right now as well. Locked in. And maybe you really go Hampson. Tapia story. If you're really curious that, that left, right, left, right, you know, uh, I kind of got that thought that like, you know what, um, Rogers there in the game in that spot against Sam Hilliard, you know, let's he's Sam Hilliard is, is not, uh, Cody Bellinger. He's, he's not Jock Peterson. Not, not yet, yet at least, uh, not yet. But, but not yet, but you know, Kapler, I'm sure would have loved to have gone to one of his lefties in the pen. Wasn't able to do that because of three batter minimum and Hilliard made him pay. So, if you're considering that left, right, left, you know, uh, lineup distribution there, then maybe you go Hampson, then Tapia, and you say, you know what, old school. If you want to go with like a Tony Larusso style lineup, you want your best hitter batting second. And right now, it's hard to to really make an argument that anybody other than Ramel Tapia has been putting together the best abs. He said it. I didn't. My only concern there is this him him taking the, these. These walks is not something he's ever done before in his life. And I think them putting him in the leadoff spot maybe is forcing him to see more pitches. But I also just, he's in a great spot. So I think you're fine either way there. Um, But you did mention because of that dynamic, I think that's why we've got to give king of the game. I would have loved to have given it to Kevin Pillar. And and there's a strong argument. I think it's a 1A, 1B here. But I do think you've got to go with Sam the man slamming Hill Yard. Uh, the big home run there obviously was a massive insurance boost for the Rockies because you're not feeling great with the way this team has played. If after all of that rallying, you're up by one run and you're handing the ball to the back end of the Rockies bullpen while Estevez and Bard were dominant in this game, there was no reason to absolutely expect that. And so Hilliard getting the big home run. But before that, it was the hit before. For the home run that scored the run. Now, it, it, it again, arguably should have been handled at first base, but that left on left hit, Bud Black trusting him, leaving him in through the matchups and winning that matchup game that you were just going through there, Patrick, that allowed him to stay on and face the righty specialist that the Giants brought out of the bullpen, put him in a position to hit that home run. You only get the opportunity to contribute against those kinds of righties. If you can prove at this level that you can hit the lefties that Sam Hilliard came up against earlier in the game. So him coming through in that at bat, pulling one through really, really big stuff out of the young man here. And then of course, a fifth home run of the season. It's looking like that power is going to play at the major league level. 
Yeah, the nickname I had I had coined two years ago when he was in Hartford was the Mansfield Masher, yeah. which sounds. I, I like that yeah. sound of that, but uh, <laughs> if you don't know where Mansfield, Texas is, it's you're like, probably not going to care. But it's definitely in the same vein as a Millville Meteor, like Mike Trout, or the Commerce Comet, Mickey Mantle. You know, he's he's the Mansfield Masher because dude's got such easy power, goes the opposite way there, uh, in a big way, and you know, again, he's he's contributing that that in the bottom of the lineup, and you know, it hasn't entirely been consistent. Uh, but that's okay. If, if you're batting seventh and eighth, that's that's more than what you expect to get out of a lot of guys on any given day. And again, he's on the come up. He's still rising. He's still improving. It's like what we've been saying, predominantly you, about, and correctly so, about Ryan Maltapia for the last few years. You start from the bottom, and then you work your way up, and you got to be able to hit those lefties. you got to be able to do it against those those quirky righties like Rodgers. And then you work your way up into an everyday regular. We saw Dahl do it, uh, you know, last year. Right. You know, is doing it right now. Ryan McMahon is doing it. We still haven't seen him, you know, get into to the final gear that that we expected him to be in 2020. And the team is is looking okay. They were still frustrate you. They will still make you rip your hair out. But that is because you care, and that is because you believe. I and and I do have to say, like. Because I, I was straight up calling out their fight. I didn't like the body language. I didn't like the energy. Um, and, and for a little while now. Um, and and I was calling out leadership of all varieties. Jeff Breidich, absolutely. Bud Black, sure. Some of that's on you. Uh, Nolan Arenado, yeah. You don't get to be free of this, especially when you're not hitting. And you've made the comments that you've made. And... You know, and, and I've got people asking me questions about blowing the whole dang thing up and doing the rebuild thing and looking forward to the off season and selling stuff off. And now you look and you go, oh, yeah, right. OK, they're game under 500. They're right around playoff contention still. And they showed the one thing, Patrick, and, and I, I this is back to your point from earlier. This is why this is so huge, because you you had you had nothing to believe in for a minute there just no thing as a rockies fan to hang your hat on and go well at least you know whatever it was just getting uglier and uglier and then they show no fight and then to show the fight to come back and win down 6-1 after the way they lost before every reason in the world to quit and people like me who have been among your most ardent defenders of again i don't like that word but people know what i mean when i say it most most ardent you know person who will point to the nuance and say that ah, the rockies aren't a terrible team they're just playing bad in x y and z and say where's your evidence of that and then they come out and show it and they win a game where they could have very easily just quit and given up and i thought they were about even i thought they were about to do that and they didn't that showed that does show tremendous character you have to tip your cap. If I'm going to call them out for not doing it, I have to call myself out when they shove it right back in my face immediately and go, how about this for some fight? How about this for some heart? How about this for laying some guts out on the field and coming out and winning a game that, you know, the heart and soul of the team, Kyle Freeland, just got knocked around and, and, and battered out of in a matter of minutes. Yeah, by that midpoint in the game, 
if you count Tuesday night, it was 29 to six. So they had just been demoralized. And I, and I said on Tuesday's pod that like, it takes, it takes a day to like fully rebound. You don't just go, eh, you wash it off and then you come out and then you, you know, you go, you dominate or you even just play really well and you win a game. You, you, you compete the next day and you go, all right, that was kind of a, a, a trickle down effect, if you will. That was some carryover from the night before of getting completely shellacked. All right, those guys had our number for that brief 24 hour period because frankly, that's how long it took from the first pitch Tuesday night to the last pitch Wednesday night. But they went beyond that. They exceeded my expectations in that way by battling back to win this game in this fashion. Yes, on one hand, you go, well, you shouldn't be in that predicament in the first place, but that's only half the story. That's the pitching, right? It's that's that's the beauty of baseball, I think, in in so many ways, and 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 a lot of sports is that there's two sides of the ball, but they're also comprised of two totally different squads in a lot of ways. Yeah. And sure, Kyle Freeland did not get it done. Chichi competitive. Ryan Castellani called on when he's going to need to go again on Saturday. That will be interesting to see how that plays out. Then Givens, Estevez, Bard. And you go, whoa, all of a sudden there, this is really working out. And Monte. And Monte, yeah, he, he looked good the other night, two, two scoreless innings on Monday. So the way they did it, too, just to bounce back in time when they needed it. I wouldn't have been too worried if, if it didn't happen today, but the fact that it did just gets you all the more excited to say, all right, there's a chance they could win two out of three from the Dodgers. I don't think it will happen. But that is the that is the upshot. You say maybe you can steal two out of three games, but you can only do that if Nolan Arenado is good. And you can only do that if he's good Friday night. Because if he lays a goose egg Friday night, you don't know what you're going to get out of him Saturday. And by that point, it's already too late. Last time they were in L.A., Arenado got the day off on Sunday because it was that bad. Yeah. So he immediately needs to come out on Friday and deliver if there's any chance for this team to go ahead and take the series from the Dodgers because the Rockies simply can't rely on all those guys to continue to contribute the way they did on Wednesday and win those games. They need their leader. They need Nolan Arenado. Time to earn that big money. Uh, So, Patrick, what did I text you when they were down Two once they got it back to down two. Oh, whatever. you meant that text. I thought you meant the other one because I wasn't gonna <laughs> oh, yeah. tell. I was gonna say no, no, that. not that one. Yeah, don't tell them about that one. No, I, but, I my account would get blocked if I had posted that. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. What were you saying? Uh, when they were down to because you were just saying, you know, it takes yeah. a full game to do the thing, and 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 I think you're right. Um, and I was fully prepared for them to lose this one and just be like, well, wouldn't it be the craziest thing if they just randomly got on a hot streak after this because they're just sick and tired of being this bad because they're not this bad. And that was part of the point. That's really the point I've been trying to make, but I think on this podcast, on Twitter, and in article form the last couple of days, the people that are really coming hard after me about, Drew, this is just who they really are. Look, they might not be as good as I thought they were, but they're not 23 and 5 bad. That's absurd. They're not as bad as they've been playing lately. Frankly, nobody's that bad. (laughs) Nobody's that bad. They were going to have to come out of this, but um, I think once they had, maybe once they had made it a one run game, it might've been during that Kevin Pilar at bat when Quote, they were 
they almost have to win this game now. They have to win this yeah. game. And they were still down. And it's just like this it is, would have been if worse you come if they back didn't. and not right. You lose six one, whatever. They're still in a funk from the day before. Get out of take a day off, get a nap, eat something else, like change your diet, you know, change your underwear, get out of town, do something else, right? But <laughs> like that, that's all you've got. But if you come back and lose six five or seven six in this game. It, that's just a gut punch that much further. And I think the team probably would spiral completely out of control at that point. And so this win, you know, it, if they end up in the playoffs, if they end up getting closer to my 33 win prediction, instead of falling down to like that 26 where Vegas and, and they're over under had been and where it looked like they were about to be headed, they finished higher. We'll look back at this as the game that saved their season. And here's an interesting parallel that I saw is that the last time that the Giants had scored that many runs, I believe it was 1990, at the precursor to Coors Field, uh, Fulton County Stadium in Atlanta, which was known as the launching pad because it sat all the way up at 1,000 feet above sea level. Yeah, you got a nosebleed just stepping out onto the field from the dugout. And that 1990 team for Atlanta was atrocious, but that 91 team, pretty good. Uh, they went to the World Series, and they were yeah. pretty good after that. So, again, one game does not make, you know, uh, does not make the, the, the qualifier. That, that is not who you are. That is not your identity in any shape or form. Yes, a, an all-time great team does not lose like that. And, again, you did not say that this was an all-time great team but it is capable of doing great things and making the playoffs and you know winning in the first round which they have that capability if they can go up against the cubs they can do some great things there is more than enough talent on this team to do great things they also have the potential to drive you crazy just yeah but it has the potential to be really exciting and be really great for at least a moment well, uh, Blake says, watched the whole game yesterday. You watched the whole game yesterday, <laughs> and they lost by a couple of touchdowns. Is but... he on our payroll? Blake, yeah, are right? you? Because uh, really, it was only us that did that. Did not watch a single second of the game today, but stayed in Rockies PJ. So you know what you've got to do for the rest of the season. Yes, you do, Blake, and I'll tell you what. We'll keep you filled in. Sorry you can't watch from here on out. That's a bummer, but keep those PJs on. If you need some new ones, we can you know get together a collective everyone can send you some and uh you know you got to keep us keep it keep it with us you know they're on the twitter and here on all these post games obviously so you so you know what's going on you don't want to get left behind but it's a it's a bummer you can't watch from here on out man make sure you stock up on breck brew make sure you've got plenty and plenty of breck brew i would say that's probably the best way to make sure that your sacrifice for this team is is being well met uh, we'll get you uh, some avalanche amber. That's good for both situations mm. right now because you've got that hockey team trying to get good things done here tonight. They're going to need some positive energy with the Rockies not taking the sacrifice today. They're going to need to do it all on their own, get that positive energy out there from the Avs. So pick up yourself a 15-can pack of that avalanche amber at uh, pretty much anywhere where you can find 
beer, but one of my favorite places to get it, other than the DNVR bar, of course, is down at the farmhouse. You call them at 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. Use that code DNVR and you will save five bucks off both the food and the beer. And I've got another suggestion here for you because we're going to help you out here, Blake. It's it's an, it's a wonderful sacrifice that you're making. So while you're not watching the Rockies, doing your part, keeping up on your phone and following us on social media and the podcast and all of that, maybe take in a little bit of rugby. It's a really fun sport. You're going to enjoy it. It's it's really a blast. It's just as intense as these last couple of hours have been for Colorado Rockies fans. If you like that kind of heart pumping action. And it really is a fun game to learn about. You can learn about it from our guy, Colton Strickler, over on the DNVR Rugby podcast. Make sure you're following DNVR Rugby on Twitter because now is the time to get in with Infinity Park in Glendale becoming the new official training center for the men's and women's USA Eagles 15 teams. A chance for Colorado to prove that rugby can be a viable sport in the United States of America and uh, that it's something that we can just dominate at and prove that Colorado is the place to be for something that's really dope and cool. So make sure you check out all of that stuff again over at DNVR Rugby. And uh, Patrick, a couple of guys who would have the, the steady hearts, and one guy who I think has got the body type for uh, playing a little bit of rugby would be the relievers for the Colorado Rockies who came out today. We talked a bit about Michael Givens, great debut, uh, all of that. But Carlos Estevez and Daniel Bard, if ever there was a time for those two guys to come out and sit on 98-mile-an-hour fastballs around the edge, darting sliders in and out when they need to, and just dominate the opposition. It was in a game like this that did not need any more dramatics. That's right. They each had a 1-2-3 inning, and in that ninth for Bard, Gabe Kapler, hey, he, he had a couple buttons he needed to push. Boom, Brandon Crawford comes out. No thank you. Bard takes care of him. Brandon Belt, right after that, strikes out swinging. So gets gets Kapler's two best men off the bench. And again, that's the first fourth save of the season. And that bullpen, when they are on point, they look really, really good. And I think you you got your bridge now, your bridge to Bard. It's it's Givens in the seventh, Estev is in the eighth, Bard in the ninth. And and that is a that is a really good recipe. It's really gonna be about the starting pitching doing it. They they had it. They had their recipe in the early part of the season, that being all of, you know, two, three weeks, but they still had it there. And that's that's still a part of the equation to think about and to build upon. And, you know, again, if they're going to make that deep run, they're going to have to do it that way. They're going to have to draw it up in that fashion of starters getting six innings, the bullpen taking it the rest of the way there. Yeah. Uh, now they just need the starters to get back to giving them six innings. They got to really hope that this has been – uh, a blip in the road. They can they can handle that. They, they can if they they get back to it. But you know, not sure what was up with Freeland today. You got to hope it, you're chalking it up to a bad day at the office. You saw positive signs out of Castellani, who didn't look great his last time out. Um, so, yeah, but they 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 need those starters to to do the thing to get back to the formula because I think you're right. Like the bullpen's going to settle in there a little bit. They've found what they needed to. And they've apparently they listened to the podcast, Patrick, because they agreed with our assessment that you can totally abandon the notion of needing a left-handed pitcher, especially this year. They got rid of both of them. I'm like, look, let's just, let's just have our righties get dudes out. Uh, and that appears to be the formula 
moving forward. So here we go. <laughs> yeah. And, and if things continue to go down this path and it, it's not going to take a lot more, but it, all it really is, is, is one start away really from, from Castellani being the number one guy. But if Senzatella is unable to give the Rockies some length on Friday and God forbid, Herman Marquez is unable to give some length on Sunday, then you're going to have your Hoffman, your, you're going to have Chi-Chi, you're going to have Santos. All three of those guys are not really going to be able to do very much for you in the next week, uh, particularly against San Diego at Petco. And then just maybe the Rockies' hand gets forced and they have to call up Ryan Rollison. Because if at that point they don't, they are just in, in a lot of ways shooting themselves in the foot. And and, and I don't it really isn't that harsh. I, I shouldn't say it that harsh because they're not they're not totally killing themselves from not calling this kid up. But it's the obvious move, and they're just saying, no, 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 we're, we're too, just too worried about, about the contract status. Maybe he's not ready. We don't know. We don't know. That's one of the, I guess, benefits of, you know, having the alternate site completely, you know, uh, under surveillance. That's, that's one of the things, man. We get here looking at minor league numbers going, check out what he's doing at, in this environment or that because we don't know. And that's one of the things that's made our job so difficult this year in terms of analyzing these teams. It's like, it, it, it's hard to know, you know, like when Antonio Santos came up, what he was going to be able to do, where he'd been at recently, what he looked like, where we would, we'd have that information before. So, you know, uh, like a lot of teams in baseball, we're all just kind of flying by the seat of our pants here. It's, it's created a, a certain amount of chaos. And if anything, I think, especially Denver sports fans who are, who are fans of, more than one team right now are probably very well aware that stuff can change quickly uh, with the Nuggets down 3-1 in that series and coming back to win in absolutely insane fashion. We'll see what happens here with the abs. There's a reason you play all the games. There's a reason you play all the innings. you got to get 27 outs. There's a reason there's the phrase down but not out. There's the reason that one of the most famous phrases by any baseball person in the history of the game is Yogi Berra's it ain't over till it's over. And I'll tell you what, folks, the Rockies season is not over. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and maybe right now, as you said, with this comeback victory, should it really lead to some bigger and, and better things? And we'll, we'll see right away on Friday night against the Dodgers at Chavez ravine, but, uh, yeah, they haven't announced their uh, starters yet. I was just gonna, I was gonna say, let's preview the series a little bit. And you ran through the Rocky starters, and the Dodgers don't have anything up. So try to tight to the vest, play better baseball, and see if you can steal some wins. How's that for some analysis? And and to use another Yogi Berra quote, when you come to the fork in the road, take it. Take it. And <laughs> and maybe just maybe the Rock the Rockies are uh, taking that fork. And and I know we talked utensils last night, but. We're going back to the well once again. They took the fork last night, that's for sure. But now it's time to... Fork, yeah, they did. <laughs> now it's time to uh, take that fork in the road and maybe do a little bit of damage with it. They've been getting forked. Time to do a little fork into their own. On that note, we kept it PG-13. We did. Uh, I think that's correct. Hey, uh, thank you all to everyone who's been hanging out with us through all of this 
all of this. It, it's it's been quite a wild ride, and I imagine it will continue to be. We'll be there every single day for you. You got to make sure you're following us on social media at Patrick D Lions, at Drew Creaseman, at DNVR underscore Rockies. You got to subscribe to the DNVR.com so you don't miss out on any of the written content. Plus, you get cool discounts on shirts and hats and masks and beer if you come down to the dnvr bar uh, really all kinds of reasons why you got to get hooked up with your dnvr membership uh plus all the cool kids are dnvr members it's just that's just a fact of life that is just right out there in the world so other than that you know the drill we can only ask that you continue to be absolutely awesome out there we will continue to be absolutely patrick lyons andrew creaseman in here and until next time we will see you at the ballpark